This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. All right, 104, final hour of the show is underway. Steve Lloyd, Kenny Wall is with you. We'll take you until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Hand it over to... AJ Lee and Maddie, it's the drive coming your way. Uh, by the way, tomorrow's show, uh, mixing things around a little bit, uh, AJ is going to join us here on In the Box uh, co-hosting. And I can tell you, uh, I've already lined up Matt Sakaris to join us at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning because that'll be the next game uh, going off to Vancouver. The Sens will be to take on the Canucks on Saturday. And uh, the Canucks are they're, they're, they're playing some better hockey under Rick Tockett and trying to reshape an identity there. And we're going to talk to Matt all, all about that and still what's expected to be an interesting offseason uh, for the uh, the Canucks and where they're at. So we'll do that tomorrow morning on the show on In the Box as uh, our old friend Matt Sakaris will join us at around 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, as I mentioned, just before we took our top hour break, Kenny, um, there's a, a further update to the sale process with the Ottawa Senators. Um, now, we've heard um, consistently now some groups that continue to be talked about. I know Bruce Garriock wrote uh, about the main three groups and also brought up um, another group that, you know, Ian Mendez uh, wrote about this group a couple of months ago uh, in The Athletic based out of uh, California. We'll get to that in just a moment. So that's like four, right? So Sportico has just reported that there have been nine bids Nine bids for the Ottawa Senators. So if you were skeptical about the purchase price touching, getting close to a billion dollars, this is why there is a lot of interest in this club in conjunction with the memorandum of understanding that's been signed with getting a team, uh, getting a new facility built down at LeBreton Flats as well. So there you go. There's there's a, a further update coming within the last half hour. Sportico is reporting that nine different groups have submitted bids to buy the Sens. And the deadline was uh, this week. So now the process starts to get whittled down. Um, and there's been talk that maybe Commissioner Gary Bettman would encourage some groups to partner up, join forces to, to go to the, to the next level here. So... Sportico has the valuation at $655 million, um, but it's going to go for a heck of a lot more than that. We knew that there was a lot of interest, that there were some 15 bids or 15 interested parties that were showing some at least let's kick the tires on this interest, you know, get into the data room. And now the report is nine offers on the table. Like, it's amazing how times have changed, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like when you think about late 90s, early 2000s, and I can remember we carried a lot of these news conferences live. I attended a lot of them as a reporter to the Rod Bryden news conferences. All right, here's my plan now to save the team because nobody wants to buy it. <laughs> I I got this, uh, the Eagle, and the Eagle was Nelson Peltz of Snapple fame. Remember him? His, his son, Brad, actually came to some Sens Def Camps uh, some years after that. There was, um, they got the government of the day to kick in for a few days. Remember John Manley? 
Yep. Government's going to be kicking in some money for sports teams in Ontario. That was not well received. And within days of that announcement, it was like, eh, we're not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And this was pre-Twitter. This is how bad the backlash was. Like, we didn't have social media, but they heard heard everybody speak on this. The province, oh, wait a minute. We're doing what for sports teams? I guess we're not going to do that. Nobody wanted to buy the Senators. Nobody wanted to buy the Montreal Canadiens. The Edmonton Oilers were in peril. It was a different time. The dollar was, it dipped as low as, what, 63 cents. Fast forward now, after Eugene Melnick ends up buying the team, the rink, the land for $130 million Canadian back in 2003. Here we are 20 years later. This team could be selling for close to a billion dollars, and there's nine official bids coming in, Kenny. It's incredible. It really is, and it just shows the... The, the changing landscape and where we're at with sport franchises. We we saw it in the NFL with the Denver Broncos. What, $5.3 billion? It's uh, the Washington football team, the commanders, what they're going to sell for when eventually they, they do get going and uh, the owner relinquishes things. Um, it, it is a different face of what we're looking at, and, and sports gambling and the money that can be generated from that is front and center in it. And, yeah, when you think back to a point in time where, yes, the Senators, but let's look at the, the next stage up, and the Montreal Canadiens couldn't sell. You brought that up. like that That's absolutely ridiculous that uh, a franchise like the Montreal Canadiens didn't have uh, potential ownership. And where we're at now with nine groups, nine separate entities bidding on the Ottawa Senators all coming up, with in and around, well, just shy of a billion dollars in all likelihood and getting the financing for that, it's incredible to think of where we're at. And clearly, they, the investors and those a lot smarter with money than you or I, Lloydie, realize that this is still a good business investment. Even at close to a billion dollars, they see it continuing to rise, continuing to generate money and seeing the franchise value continuing to rise and go up uh, year over year. And the fact that Sportico, who released this article with nine potential uh, bidders, valued the franchise at $655 million and that it could sell for closer to a billion, that investment is going to be massive. And we saw Eugene Melnick, you brought up the numbers there, uh, 100 and whatever million to where it's at now, that investment is massive. And I think the the potential new owners see the same type of thing. And not only that, the development at Le Breton and the amount of money that could be generated out of that investment and trying to get into into that. And that's why we're seeing so many uh, real estate and construction or builders uh, coming into the to the fray to to try and generate revenue that way. All right, so that's the very latest uh, from Sportico that they reporting that there have been nine official bids, and now the process begins to start to get whittled down, and, and we'll see how quickly uh, all this comes together. And, and maybe there could be some partnering up of what happens here. So um, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Nico Sparks and, and that group, because I know Bruce Garriak had an update um, in Post Media and mentioned it, and I know that... Um, Ian Mendez had a lot of detail on this. He first wrote about it in early January and had an update uh, last month. This is an interesting group if people aren't uh, familiar with this one. This this group has not been getting as much play publicly here. Well, 
Most of the groups have not, because there's nine, apparently. We've only heard of four, (laughs) okay? We've only really heard of four publicly, right? Uh, And apparently there's been nine bids, so this this is very interesting. Um, So Sparks owns a tech firm and a media production company. I'm just going back from one of uh, Ian's previous articles here as part of his uh, portfolio. Um, and apparently kind of he's, there'd be a group, there's a group of investors. That's He's kind of point on this, but there's there's more involved here, a group of investors uh, that would include between 13 and 15 other investors here from the U.S. and Canada. And this is interesting. Roughly 75% of the ownership group would be comprised of people of color. Uh, quote, they're looking at going to upwards of $950 million for the team. If they have to go there, they will, a source told, uh, told Ian Mendez. They have the backers and the financial instruments to pull this off. And there, I think there's some underlying star power uh, waiting here to be a part of this as well. From the source again, one of the major partners is a major force in the music industry. He's worked with everybody from Jay-Z to The Weeknd to Drake. They have relationships with individuals individuals with high visibility that can be ambassadors for the team. So we know that Ryan Reynolds has partnered up with the Remington Group. This group apparently has a high-profile celebrity to, to be a part of things here as well. They also have plans on how to fill a new arena on the other 300 days when the Senators aren't playing. That's the interesting well. one. Yeah, that's the very interesting key piece from that article from Ian a while ago. And if Sparks was at a game in, in November, by the way, and he's got a picture on his LinkedIn page of him standing at the bench at Canadian Tire mm. Center back in November. Yeah, so filling the the arena the under th- other three hundred days that that's a massive venture. And to me, I I think, and I've spent a lot of time around equipment managers. To me, that leads me to believe that there would have to be a, a practice facility elsewhere because you cannot, uh, and it would have to be fairly close by because you're not going to ask the, the players to drive all over the city to, to get from one venue to another. Uh, it, to, to me, that if you're filling it the rest of the year, you can't have your practices on site. So you're going to have to be practicing off site, and many NHL teams do that. But you'd typically want it nearby, and you'd want to have it at your availability at any given time. So that that's where my mind went. But I think that the the potential uh, shows that we could see come into a new venue with the backing and and the alleged star power that we could see be seeing coming in would be unbelievable. And the just the 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 shows that would now come through Ottawa would be ramped way up throughout all times of the year, not just when Blues Fest comes around or the odd concert here and there. I think you could be seeing, well, dozens, if not more, of unbelievable shows throughout the se- throughout the year. Now, w- with some of these other bids, right, we know the, the Remington Group and they partnered with Reynolds and Michael Ann Lauer, who we talked about a lot because you, you know Michael Ann Lauer a little bit as owner of the Hamilton Bulldogs. He's got a minority stake in the, uh, in the Montreal Canadiens. We were discussing that a bit yesterday. Then there's the, the Kimmel brothers out of, out of Toronto. And now, you know, Nico Sparks group is just a little more detail there. You're thinking about, right. So, okay. Cash is King, you know, your investors, how much money are you going to offer? What have you? Um, but Gary Bettman, you know, has well the sway in all of this, right? 
you you have you have to be granted a charter, you know, to be allowed to buy a team. This 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 is a private club, the NHL. So there's a couple of other names here um, that I know. Of, and Ian wrote about this. Had heard that Matty Nordstrom and Trevor Daly uh, were part of the group. A couple of uh, former players, and it should be noted, Nordstrom. Um, you know, is very familiar with Daniel Alfredson. They've played on Olympic teams together. Something to keep in mind. And also one of these other um, uh, investors, part of the Sparks group, is uh, Adidas executive Daniel Cherry. Um, he also used to be the chief marketing officer of the New Jersey Devils. So there's your guy that knows the inner workings of how a team operates in the league as well. Anyway, I just thought I'd get, offer a little more detail on that group because it just hasn't been talked about as much. And when I saw that figure nine come in about a half hour ago from Sportico, I think we really don't know a heck of a lot about the process. We know some. We know we know of four groups, right? Those four that we just talked about. There's another five groups sitting out there, Kenny. Yeah. Five bids have come in, and and we, we and really have not heard much at all. Now, the other part of it here is this has been talked about fair amount um jeff york that's our buddy jason's brother right uh, part of a group and it's it seems the way that's being talked about um that's gathering a bunch of local investors to join in with somebody uh, at this point so that's something else to keep in mind or hey we don't know though maybe that's another bit altogether because there's there's nine we we kind of know of four there's five that we don't know about yeah lordy i don't know if you'd have the answer to this but Prior to submitting the bid, do all these people interested, even when you go through the books, they have to be approved by the NHL at that point, correct? Because I, I've talked to potential owners, or those who have inquired about teams before and have made offers to purchase teams before, that they had to be pre-approved by the NHL in order to enter into that process and enter into those even the light negotiations. Oh. Okay, I, I would say, of course, there's there's a there's a vetting process throughout, and I think the deeper you go into it, the heavier heavier uh, the vetting process becomes. Um, for people that remember, uh, you don't want to get <laughs> not this is not going to happen, but you don't want to get into a Spano situation, <laughs> the Islanders, from back in the day, right? So, I. I just to, like, I don't 100% know how this process takes place, Kenny, obviously. But you're not allowed to even sit down at the table unless you're getting this, you know, the seal of approval from the commissioner and, and the board, right? Like, that's yeah. that, that's an absolute non-starter. You, you, you have to be approved just to even begin this process. Because mm-hmm. I've been under the assumption that, Largely, Gary Bettman in the league will decide what the bidding or what the winning bid will be. But if there's nine and they've already been gone through that pre-approval portion of it with the NHL, who does that now fall onto? Does that fall onto uh, Eugene Melnick's estate and, and his daughters? Does that go to the board? Does that still stay with the NHL by selecting the best group? I'm 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 fascinated by what the final process and who gets that final decision will be? Or is it just a big group think and everybody gets their opinion and and it's kind of a a voting situation from all those involved? I'm curious about that. And and if if as much 
goes to Gary Bettman and the NHL in the final say of it, as I initially thought that there would be. What's also interesting, okay, this is this is this is great information for the NHL in general, is it not? It's kind of like um, said team wants to hire a new coach. It's like they've interviewed nine candidates. It's like, do they really feel that serious about entering? Well, sometimes you go through that process because you're getting information about your team. So the NHL going through this process, if they've got nine bids on the table, it's like, man, there's an appetite for people to to buy into our league. Should Mm -hmm. we expand the league? And I think maybe that's where, you know, NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly had to come out and he denied the league has any plans afoot to expand to 34 teams. Now, his comments followed some tweets from ESPN's uh, John Boutigros, um yeah. and Kevin Weeks last week showing images of Houston and Atlanta. Quote from Daly. This is uh, thanks to Daly, uh, Daly Faceoff. Expansion isn't our priority right now. However, he didn't rule out the league listening to groups who have interest, including Atlanta and Houston. Now, I find that interesting. You've got you've got nine bids in to try to buy the Ottawa Senators, and the and the purchase price could be touching close to a billion dollars. Of course, you're considering that. That's got to make you think twice. It does, because everybody would. gets a gets, gets a piece of that pie if somebody wants to buy into the league. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. And I, and I'm taking Bill Daly at its word at his word. But you can't tell me that has not been at least mentioned inside the offices of the NHL. It's like, whew, boy, there's, there's, there's a lot of money out there that wants to invest in our league. Yeah, there is, Lloydie. But do you want to be the first of the major North American franchises to go beyond 32? There's a reason why 32 works and why it's, it's that standard uh, across all leagues. It works. And, and to, to venture beyond that, and to potentially spread yourself thin again, I think you have to have a rock-solid opportunity. Or do you not want to use up some of those expansion teams for uh, looking down the road, and you want to keep people on the hook and potentially uh, keep them for future franchises? I think that there's... I'd be wary of going beyond 32 if you're the NHL and being the first to to really uh, go past that I, I think I'd I'd sit back and wait a bit. They ventured into to Vegas and they were the first one in there and and really tapping that market. There is potential, but I'd, I'd just be wary of it. And I, I do think that Atlanta could work, but you've already failed twice there. I don't know if you can go back and have another failed franchise in the same market for a third time. How about this? What if the vote doesn't go the way the Coyotes and the league wants it to go with Tampa in the near future. You've got some of these groups that are very interested because Houston's been mentioned. Eric Macromella brought this up over a year ago, saying he he had been speaking. He wrote about it in Forbes at the time, and that remember the stir that created, that you know the league was serious maybe about Houston, and specifically if it's not going to work in Arizona, that could be the landing spot. Could they get one of these parties interested in that if it it comes to a head in Arizona. You've kind of, you've gone through all this due diligence. Mm -hmm. Everybody's been vetted properly. Money's money. (laughs) That, that could certainly 
take care of something rather quickly if the NHL needed to do that. Yeah, that's but, that's where I was led to believe by this this person who had already gone through that process and and wasn't immediately involved in in purchasing a team, but had stepped up and shown interest in the past and had already gone through this process and therefore their name is at the front and you've had to go, on, go through this process a number of times uh, in order to to get the league's recognition. And now, yeah, you're you're right. I, I think that any potential sale, anybody who's been involved in this sense negotiation and putting a bid in could be looked at elsewhere and, and first team bidding and, and that makes a lot of sense with, with Arizona and, and what could be happening uh, with the Coyotes in the, the not-too-distant future. All right. Interesting. Thoughts on that? Send them in. But um, that certainly got my attention not too long ago, mid-show, Sportico put it out there. And they're reporting, exclusive they say, nine bids for the Ottawa Senators have come in by this week's deadline. And now the process continues. We'll take a break. Game day for us. We've got the Sens and Kraken from Seattle tonight. 10 o'clock face-off, 8 o'clock pregame show on TSN 1200. This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Kenny, whenever we talk about one-hit wonders, usually it's the 80s songs for the most part, right? Yeah. This was a one-hit wonder, though. I think it was the late 90s. Weedus? Yeah. Did Weedus have another hit? Is this a medley of their hit? I, I want to say they did have another one. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm just I asking the question. Don't, it, nothing comes to mind initially. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, I just... it. You type in Weedus, and the first thing that shows up on Google with the people also ask, is Weedus a one-hit wonder? And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's been asked before. Yeah, Google's it, been asked many times. It's not the okay. first time. All right. Uh, yeah, one-hit wonder. Absolutely. I, it, yeah. Google is such a, a time stealer for that, isn't it? I, I do that. We all do it. It's like you just think it is something random. I wonder. Let me ask Google. But it could be the dumbest thing that just pops in your whereas, you know, you're old enough, Kenny. Back in the day, if you ever that stuff popped in your head, you'd call somebody you thought that might know if you really wanted to figure it out. Or if you're a real keener, guess I'm going to the library. Yeah. <laughs> Hope the hopefully the microfiche machine's working. No, I never <laughs> never got to that point. That that would take real effort. Yeah, the only but, time uh, I ever went to the microfiche machine was when I was working at Scotiabank. And you had to. That was the only to. time. Oh, man. Yeah, everything was stored. There was no, uh, there were computers back then, but there was no large database that you could go into. So every single transaction done at the bank, that local branch was held on the microfiches, and you could go back in time and take a look. It was awful. <laughs> Hideous, really. Uh, all right, some thoughts coming in on the uh, the sale of the Senators with the uh, the new report today from Sportico saying nine bids have come in so far. Well, nine bids, and then they'll whittle it down from nine. And I, I went into detail about this uh, Nico Sparks group, led group, with uh, between 13 to 15 investors there, and one of them being a, a celebrity of some status, right? 
rumored to be. We know that Ryan Reynolds is associated with the Remington Group. Does this group have? Apparently they do. And um, somebody's hoping it's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre Games will be a party. I'm buying season tickets. Is there anything Snoop Dogg is not selling these days or a part of? I think if you how, lay enough how, cash how, down, you can get them. Snoop is doing everything. Hey, I love Snoop. I'm a Snoop guy. Snoop makes me laugh. How he, he just comes across, he does not take himself too seriously. Uh, sure. Yeah, you want me to you want me to sell that for you? Yeah, I'll do a commercial. I'll do this in one take. <laughs> like, it certainly looks like it. He just comes across so laissez-faire. And uh, anyway, so why not? Sure, let, let's say it's Snoop. Would you be surprised? No. No. He just seems to be doing it, everything. No, somebody else already mentioned Rihanna. No, yeah. In there as well. And by the names that were mentioned, both those would uh, make sense with the other artists that they've been linked to. With Jay-Z, The Weeknd, Drake. I don't know if Snoop has necessarily worked with all of them, but that would make sense. Somebody else mentioned uh, Timberland. Uh, Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, whoever the whatever he's going by now, yeah. would also make sense. Well, Snoop has uh, previous investing ties in the area. He was part of Canopy there for a bit, bought into that in Smith Falls. Went to Smith Falls, played a show. Remember we took a text from somebody that worked at a restaurant in Smith Falls that I worked whatever it was. So I'm working Friday night and in walks Snoop. <laughs> That'd be awesome. It's like, is that? Imagine that you just walk. You're in Smith Falls, and you're you're just you're just you're a waiter at a restaurant in Smith Falls. Door opens. It's like, all right, better go see. Well, got a customer. See who wants to be seated. That looks like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> That is Snoop Dogg. This is Smith Falls. Oh, yes. Yes, we got Canopy in town now. This makes sense. This is all adding up here. Anyways, uh, Frogger has uh, texted the show. Hey, boys, I guess this would really test Justin Bieber's allegiance to the Leafs when he buys into the Sens. <laughs> Frogger's calling the Beeps. Could be very interesting from the entertainment perspective for uh, other dates. Looks like Ottawa would become a major player along with Toronto Montreal for concerts. Anyway, this is all good news for us Sens fans. Can't wait for all this to be over and we move along to just hockey talk. Yeah, here, here, Frogger. I I, I get that. Um, the Melnick daughters have been incredible and uh, can't be understated in the progress of the team and why it's so valuable now. Go Sens. Take care. Your pal, Frogger. Yeah, the yeah, the, there is part of me. I, 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 am, I am hoping for... It, it's interesting. It's like nine bids. Wow, it's the talking point. Here we are. We're talking about it on the show. But it will be nice once we get through to the finish line on this and we know who's owning the team, how quickly the Breton gets up and rolling here, when when the team moves downtown, all of it. That's going to be fantastic once we get all that information. It will be. And to, to get all that focus off, you get the stability in. Well, hopefully you get stability in with new ownership and and the 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 project off the ground, move into a new rink. Yeah, it, you want to focus on everything that's on the ice, and there is so much off the ice focus right now. But it, for the first time, it seems in a long time, and it's been trending this way. We talked about it prior to the season. It's not bad news that's off ice talk. 
it, it seems like it's mostly positive. And nine bidders, it's positive. LeBreton, positive news. And things are trending in that direction, which is which is nice to talk about. If, if you do have to talk about things off the ice, Lloydie, it's nice to have the positive aspect of things to discuss instead of what's gone wrong once again. That's true. This is a little more pleasant to talk about than Ubers and baby onesies and some other odd things that happened in years past. Yeah, I think that's uh, safe to say. Um, all right, let's pivot here just before we go to break. I want to give you an update from the Players' Championship. A couple Canadians had really good days. Taylor Pendrith ended up uh, in the clubhouse on day one, five under 67. And then as of right now, Taylor Pendrith is sitting alone in third place in the clubhouse. Two shots behind Colin Morikawa, who was 7 under 65. And Chad Ramey, and you're saying who? Yeah, Chad Ramey, 8 under 64. That's a day at TPC Sawgrass. But uh, Taylor Pendrith, 5 under par. He's sitting uh, alone in third place. Adam Svensson had a good finish. Uh, He got in the house at 4 under par 68. Adam Hadwin, good buddy of Fritchie's, is uh, playing his final hole as we speak, and he's got it to one under par. Uh, the other three Canadians did not have great days. They're all in the clubhouse. Nick Nick Taylor was uh, two over 74. Corey Connors was uh, three over 75, as was Mackenzie Hughes. So those are the six Canadians in the field, two of them having really good days, and Adam Hadwin having a solid day so far as uh, he's playing his final hole of the day. He started on the on the on the back nine, so he's on number nine to finish his 18-hole round today, but he's got it to a one-under so far. And so there you go. Lloyd, you talk about Svensson uh, finishing the day strong. Birdie, 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 15, 16, 17 to get it to minus five before bogeying 18 uh, and ending up at that minus four. But fantastic finish. You, you think that, okay, it's a, it's a solid day at minus two heading into the last couple, but then pulling it out on the... <laughs> 15, 16, 17 to get to minus five before bogeying 18. So a, a very good finish for Svensson. Yeah, he got, uh, well, it, yeah, he birdied 12. So he, he ended up, he went on onto a stretch here. He had three birdies in a row, but he had four of six. And then unfortunately with the uh, the bogey in 18, but a solid day uh, for Adam Svensson there as well. Okay, we'll take uh, one final in-show break here. As we go to break, trivia time. Sends Flyers tickets on the line for the March 30th game. Get your tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. DJ Smith was kind enough to join us on the show about an hour ago on a game day, the head coach of the Ottawa Senators. You missed that? Kenny's got it up on the website at uh, TSN1200.ca. DJ Smith got his first head coaching opportunity in the OHL when he was hired as a head coach of the Oshawa Generals. Previously, he had worked as an assistant and associate coach with the Windsor Spitfires. Who was the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires in the last season that DJ Smith was an associate coach with Windsor? Who was Windsor's head coach? Need that correct answer? Need your first and last name and your email address at 121200. And you have until we come back after this commercial break to get your answers in to 121200. And Kenny will select a winner, four pack of tickets heading the winner's way to the Sens and Flyers game on the 30th. Game day for us. Sens and Kraken. Late one tonight. It'll be on TSN 1200.
This podcast is brought to you by Bodog.net. Don't miss a chance to play at Bodog.net. When the odds are stacked against you, post-game tastes that much sweeter. Bodog.net, your source of free casino games, poker strategies, and live sports odds. Is this like a gospel version, Kenny? What are we doing here? Oh, this is the nylons, man. Is this the nylons doing it? Yeah. I- I've never heard this version. I know the nylons. I've never heard this version. The more you know. The more you know. I've never heard it either. I just saw okay. it in the system. And you know what? Okay. I'm in. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Okay. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard, so that's no, a good thing. No, it's not. Oh, it's a, it's a little different. It's good. Okay. Um, correct answer. I, I, You know, I like to have little tie-ins. As uh, you know that... Uh, DJ Smith and uh, Bob Jones go way back. Bob Jones is the correct answer. Bob Jones was the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires, where DJ had been an assistant with the Spits for years with multiple head coaches. But the final year he was with Windsor, uh, DJ's title changed from assistant to associate coach. Anyways, he was not the head coach, and his head coach in his last year working for Windsor was Bob Jones, current assistant coach with the Ottawa Senators going through his, uh, his brave battle with ALS these days. So there you go. And uh, many of you knew that answer. Many did not. We're just stabbing at it. But there's your correct answer. And Kenny's reaching out to our winner as we speak. Four-pack of tickets to go see the Sens and the Flyers coming up on uh, March 30th. If you want to go to that game, you can check out Ticketmaster.ca. All right. Starting to run out of show. Let's go back um, to our web poll question of the day brought to you by the 2 and Equipment Store. We had the uh, the head coach, DJ Smith, on. Uh, coach confirmed yesterday that Sogard's starting uh, in goal tonight, uh, and he confirmed with us today that Mandalazi will start one of the games this weekend, uh, is, as it is the back-to-back, and it's going to be a very young tandem for the foreseeable future because it was announced yesterday that Cam Talbot was uh, dispatched back to Ottawa to uh, recover, get some treatment uh, for an injury. Darren Dreger from TSN's reporting it's an oblique injury that will keep him out at least three weeks. So the question is, are you confident of a combo of Sogard and Mandalazi? Are you confident that can keep the Sens in the playoff race? Yes, 54.9%. No, 45.1%. Close. I voted yes, and not just because I, I've seen the, the young goaltenders play well at the NHL level. More so, it's it's not like this team has been dependent upon excellent, consistent goaltending to get to this point of the season, to be in this position that they find themselves in. Because Forsberg's been hurt a lot. He won't play again this year. Talbot's been hurt a lot. Talbot's going to miss probably three months of the season when it's all said and done with his various injuries. And both of those netminders, Forsberg and Talbot, had, had stretches where they played well, but they've also, when they've been healthy, had stretches where they had not. The goaltending has not been carrying the day this season with the Senators in general. So it's 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 not like it's like you lose somebody that it's devastating. It's like this is the number one reason why we're in a playoff race is because of our goaltending. No, you can't say that about this team. So why not? Why can't Sogard and Mandelazi get it done? So I voted yes, 54.9%. Yep. So it's close. It's close, but... I, I think the team deserves the benefit of the doubt that they can rally around this and get some quality goaltending and make this push here. I, I don't think this does not change my this doesn't change my perspective on 
whether or not this team can make the playoffs or not. Now, another injury might change that, Kenny. <laughs> and you know the coach is paying attention to that. He brought that up. I didn't ask him. He knows that Ferguson got dinged up last night in Laval. He knows that Bebo is still not ready to go. He knows the only two goaltenders that are healthy on this side of the pond that are signed are playing for him right now. So we got to touch wood here. I just, I'm going off my noggin for that, Kenny. That they, they, they can't afford one of these guys getting hurt. And so guard Amanda Lazy. But why not? Why, why, why not the kids? I, I, I 100% agree with you. 100% agree. And, and, and you're right. The way that you phrased it, that goaltending has not carried the day for the Sens, I think is bang on. Because they've been okay. Nothing more, nothing less. They've been all right for the most part throughout the course of the season. And I do believe that that can continue with the kids. And mainly Mad Sogard, I believe it can continue uh, to be okay, if not slightly better than that. So uh, I, I I voted yes as well. And uh, I, I I think there was a texter earlier on in the show that, that rightly pointed out, no matter what the re- end results of this season are, the excitement level for Mad Sogard and what he's shown already, uh, I think you can you can kind of run with that throughout the course of uh, the rest of the season and and the future that he shows because the traits are there. And we I asked uh, I asked Dean Brown about it and the traits and I was looking for more on ice, but he went off ice and what's between his ears and the way that he approaches games. And I think that's uh, that's a good trait to have as well and how he's able to forget a few. Uh, well, bad goals or bad games, and we'll see how he rebounds here tonight. And, Lloyd, I don't know if you're on the text machine right now. I'm on the text. Okay. I'm here. I'm it, here. I, I think I should have caught this, but I think you're wrong on your trivia question. What? I went to Hockey DB. I think and, you're wrong. And coaching, I've got here, Windsor Spitfires, Bob Jones is the head coach, DJ Smith for the 11-12 season. And then DJ takes over. Well, it, they don't even have him here for the the 11-12 season. They yeah, they, Bob Bugner was the head coach. They're skipping, they're skipping to the generals. So DB's wrong? I think they skip, so. They, they skipped a year. Maybe. All I'm right. looking at elite prospects, and they have Bob Bugner as the uh, 11-12 head coach. All right. With uh, Bob Jones and DJ Smith. So, uh, You know what? Okay. To, okay, to be fair on that, that's that's my bad. I just went by hockey DB. They skipped a year. That they don't they don't have it there, for whatever reason that is. Yeah. Kenny. So let's do both showcases. Well, you know what? The good news is, is that I caught it before contacting the winner. Okay. So the winner, all right, had the correct answer of Bob Bugner. Okay. So we don't have to do both showcases. No, we're good. We're good, we, and we, we can go with I, another I one tomorrow. I would have done that. I would have done both showcases, a double win, but it got caught by Kenny just in time. 